I'm Rodney Wittenberg. And I'm David Heitler Clevin. And this is Music for, for the, the New Revolution. revolution. for the new revolution and this is part two of our show on guns yes we thought we'd give it another shot sorry <laughs> so yeah it's fun making those montages isn't it yes <laughs> and yes. now for something completely different sometimes <laughs> within those yes well there are so many songs uh that take up different uh angles on this issue about gun violence and gun control and stuff so we just couldn't uh, get it all in in one show yeah and uh you know i put something out on our facebook page and stuff asking for people's suggestions about um songs related to this issue and i uh sometimes when i've done that i haven't found it that helpful but yeah. this time people really had a lot of good stuff and i actually you know got some of those into this list and uh but one of the ones that i had thought of early on that was maybe the most suggested was this song by Cheryl Wheeler. Mm. Do you know this one, Rodney? Mm -mm. It's called If It Were Up To Me. And I believe it came out uh, a while back. It might have been after the Columbine shooting, actually. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a very powerful song. And it isn't clear what she's talking about if you hear it for the first time. It's sort of like, a, you know, maybe it's the this and maybe it's the that kind of. And you get the idea that she's talking about, you know, what's the cause of some kind of problem. Um, and it, it's a very intense song that just, you know, builds and builds and builds. And then there's this great kind of conclusion to the whole thing when you, got, when you go, oh, yeah, that's what this is all about. Uh, so it's, it's pretty cool. Wow. Well, let's take a listen to it. It's Cheryl Wheeler, If It Were Up To Me. Maybe it's the Lake 
Johnny's mom and dad both worked long hours and they worked on the weekends too. Johnny was 11, but they had no notion of what Johnny was going through. Johnny got pushed and Johnny got robbed and they made it feel chicken to run. Big kids picked on Johnny every day till Johnny went and got him a gun. Johnny got a gun, he didn't bring it home, he covered it rags and dirt. On his way to school, he looked both ways, then he hid it under his shirt. Johnny was afraid of going to school, there was always trouble in the halls. Fights in the boys' room, guns in the lockers, little kids bouncing off the wall. Johnny was afraid of dying young, everybody he knew had guns, so Johnny got a gun and every little thing looked cool. First time Johnny flashed his gun, everybody backed off fast. Everybody treated him differently then, Johnny felt safe at last. Johnny had a gun and everybody knew, and everybody left him alone. Till he pumped up kid, he was coming down the stairs, and the kid had a gun of his own. Kid pushed Johnny, Johnny went down, and the kid had something to say. Pulled his gun, Johnny shot first, and they blew the other kid away. The police came and they took away the gun Said he wouldn't need a gun anymore Took him to the station, sat him in a chair And his feet didn't reach the floor Johnny was afraid of dying young Everybody he knew had guns So Johnny got a gun and every little thing looked cool self-defense prosecutor said no way judge said you're 11 but you kill like a man and it's gonna be a long long stay johnny mom and dad still work long hours and they knock on a unit door they sit with johnny in the visitor room and his feet don't reach the floor johnny was afraid of dying young everybody he knew had guns so johnny got a gun and every little thing looked cool and his feet don't reach the floor and that's uh, Tom Paxton with uh, Johnny Got a Gun. And right before that was uh, Cheryl Wheeler, If It Were Up to Me. And a little anecdotal uh, story. Uh, when I bought my Taylor acoustic guitar, the case was signed by Cheryl Wheeler. And I don't know anything about it, whether it was her guitar or whether someone took it to a show and had her sign it. But uh, it's up in the attic and it's got... Her signature right Pretty there cool. on my case. Pretty cool. <laughs> so that Tom Paxton song, that line, and his feet don't reach the floor, mm-hmm. that gets me. Yeah. It's just like, it gives me chills, kind yeah. of. It's, it's such a strong, haunting image, you know. Yes, of a kid with a gun who's so small. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, that, that song's not new. And actually, Tom Paxton has written a, a few songs we could have chosen on this topic. Uh, he has a great one called... Uh, something like what if he never or so it's an odd title but mm-hmm. it's like you know what if or no no what if no matter what like what if no matter how angry he was how enraged he was but he couldn't get his hands on a gun uh-huh. it's, a, it's a very yes. powerful song uh, but i thought this one telling the story you know one thing that we sometimes talk about on this show is that certain things make certain songs more or less effective right at getting their point across and i think 
you know, doing that story where you really kind of are following this particular kid's experience is part of what what makes it such a strong song. Yes, yeah. And uh, speaking of following kids' experiences, the next song, um, it's all, it's all, this song is so interesting to me because uh, for so many reasons. One is it's so catchy and so pop that you don't, like, I, I, the little anecdotal story, I was riding in the car with my girlfriend and she goes, oh, I love this song. And then I started singing the lyrics. She goes, is that what they're actually saying? And I'm like, yes, those are the real lyrics. And it's, I'm guessing he's trying to be ironic in that he's taking the idea of the kid who is uh, willing to shoot for his sneakers uh, as opposed to ever saying that that's bad. He just says, no, right. this is what is. Right. So we're talking about the Foster the People song, Pumped Up Kick, yeah. Kicks. And I think it is one of those songs that, you know, like the story you told, a lot of people, like they're dancing and bopping <laughs> along to it because it sounds poppy and, and they just... You know, like it's under the radar a little bit that it's this very spooky uh, meaning, really. Uh-huh. Um, but I think that is partly what's... Uh, well, I mean, I guess you could kind of quibble. It's like, if a lot of people could miss it, is it effective? You know, uh, in a way, it's not. You know, in a way, if, if, if people could go on, you know, for their whole life and never realize that the song has anything to do with kids shooting other kids uh-huh. for, sh- you know, shoes, yeah. you know, um, <laughs> then it, it maybe it has been a little too subtle... But on the other hand, I think a lot of people do get it eventually, and then uh-huh. kind of there's that added thing of like, oh my goodness, I didn't realize that that was what I was bopping around to. Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, I was teaching at this uh, school where we had a lot of young kids, and uh, it's a school sort of like uh, a school of rock in that we, uh, you know, had kids in bands, and uh, we, and they could pick a song they wanted to learn, and then. And so this song was really popular at the time I was teaching at the school, and um, we ended up, I think it ended up being banned. Like The, the parents started freaking out when they saw their kids <laughs> singing the song. But I, and I was like, oh, we're banning songs, great. But um, I said, do you get that it's ironic? that the, 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 At least as far as I can tell, the intent of the artist, I don't know for a fact, and we should look that up and see if there's a way of finding out. <laughs> But but he's it, it, it's he's singing it from the position of the person who is feeling that way to point out to make a point not to se- not to celebrate that so um but and I think it's done really well I love this song it's it's brilliant and and just the juxtaposition of this like you said the dark lyric against the um sort of uh, trippy. Uh, I guess what do you, what we pop dance kind of emo thing in there? I guess in a little bit. Uh, so here here's Foster the People with Pumped Up Kicks. Thank you. 
Zimmerman with 
to the victims of this tragedy, we send our thoughts and prayers. I bet you never figured out that that was the title of that song. But, you know, as usual, Roy Zimmerman brings his razor-sharp wit to this issue, and actually he has a great sing-along Second Amendment, which was also a possibility for this show. Maybe we'll get to that in a future uh, edition. But uh, anyway, just, I mean, even just the rhymes in that yes. song are worth the whole price yes. of admission. <laughs> uh-huh. and, and I love, uh, so far in the show we've played... Uh, Different approaches to songwriting in like that's a clearly like humorous right satire ta- satire yeah. take on it where and false of the people was ironic and Tom Paxson was just straight ahead you know right like, but in a poetic and it, it that song was for kids right the the uh, no I I think he didn't mean it for, for kids, kids but, but it's, it's about a kid about yeah, a kid yeah yeah, yeah. and then and Cheryl's Wheel, Cheryl Wheeler's song which was. Uh, Starts out as a list song. Yeah, a yeah, list song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've really had a good amount of variety, and it was it was pretty. Uh, uh, and now for something completely different to go from Foster the People with their kind of yeah. indie pop dance thing mm-hmm. to uh, almost like a Texas swing. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> a, a, a humorous Texas right, swing. Right. Well, I, yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah it, it just looking at how different people approach the uh, approach the subject, and and and, uh, and seeing how they're moved to. Uh, to write something right and speaking of approaching the subject <laughs> we have this, the next songwriter right here at the mic because this next song is one of rodney's yes so uh being political in music is something i've been doing my whole life and this song boy was written in 86 or 87 so uh again i've been thinking about these issues for a long time and um uh it's sort of it's for me writing songs sometimes is so it's I guess I just look at something and go oh that's a song and that's all I do is just write down what happened and literally the song is what happened I, I it's literally for the most part uh, the opening line is I was out on the street flirting with the sun I was actually riding my bike and um was coming back from visiting my parents and I lived in South Philly I was coming down um I don't know one of the I think it was coming down Dickinson like at 30th or third, like, like up by um, uh, where the bridge is, uh, and uh, turned the corner, and there was this guy kneeling down with a gun in his hand, and I don't know if he was a police officer or what the deal was, but he, he, he wasn't dressed like a police officer, he was undercover or whatever, and he's kneeling down behind his car, and he's looking, and he sees me ride by on the bike, and just goes, go, 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 he's like, get out of here really quick, go, go, and I was... Literally to the end of the block, because I, I, I started pedaling really fast, really to the end of the block, and then I just heard all these gunshots ring out, like, like just like a blister of bullets ring out, and I, I kept riding, and when I got home, there was this whole thing on the news, like that night, about a shootout in South Philly, right by my bike, and of course, when you're that close to something, it can inspire you, so that's where the song came from, and... um no, that that's basically it. And it was, you know, it's a question. It, it just asks the question: What do I do if I'm unarmed and you're pointing a gun at me? What 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 are my options? What can I do? Where where, where you know, if if you're you're in control of my life at that point, you have all the power. Um, and and uh, you know, years after that, actually, there was probably two times in my life where now I'm thinking maybe three, where a, someone had you know pointed a gun at me and I'm 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 
you know, don't carry a gun or anything. And I was able to talk them down. So I did answer, end up answering the question for myself later in life, but it's a tricky, it's a really scary moment when someone is, is, uh, when you're faced with that, having gun in your, someone pointed a gun at you. Mm. Wow. So did you write the song immediately after that experience or did it take some time for you to process it before you wrote the song? I'm trying to think, was it? probably pretty within a couple of days of it happening you know the band didn't play it i didn't actually play it with the with the dark one which was the band my band at the time we didn't actually play it for two years or something where but i think i wrote it pretty immediately right after i think that was happening there was like a couple things that happened right in a row that were pretty uh just kind of intense um there was that and then there was this uh uh it was a it was a shooting i was i was still working with the nonprofit organization at that oh no actually it wasn't wasn't working with the nonprofit at the point there was something in the neighborhood where there was a shooting um and the two things together just kind of struck me so it was pretty quick yeah not a lot of time to think about it in yeah and then the reggae feel and all that sort of stuff i, I it's just i think at the time I was listening to a lot of Black Uhuru uh-huh. and also uh, the Dire Straits record with Money for Nothing on it. Uh-huh. And that has this really cool song called, uh, what is it, Trouble? No, what's it called? The Waterline. Oh, know, right. Down to uh-huh. the Waterline, which is kind of a reggae guitar thing. So uh, although I rock a little harder than Mark Knopfler, is a, one of my favorite guitar players and love Black Uhuru's groove. It's so, it's so awesome. So... Yeah. Let's hear it. Gun in your hand. So written by Rodney Wittenberg, performed by Dark Blonde. Mm-hmm. Right?
So our throwback song this week, is, uh, our throwback section is always a look back at a song that is uh, from the 60s, pre-80s. So we're looking at something from the 70s, 60s, 50s, all the way back. Oh, maybe we'll even do a song from the 1850s or the 1750s. Maybe not recorded in the 1850s. <laughs> yeah, but, but definitely, <laughs> but, but written in the 1850s. Yeah. Uh, so this one is... Um, Leonard Skinner, and it's interesting to see a, a southern rock band doing a anti-gun violence song. Yeah, it always struck me, you know, because and Leonard Skinner, it wasn't like they were clearly on one side or the other of this, because they did have songs like "Give Me Back My Bullets," right, uh-huh. uh, as well as this song. But this song definitely feels like a, a anti-gun or at least anti-handgun, yeah, you know, kind of song, and and it is striking to hear it from that perspective yeah. Yeah. and maybe not is it anti-handgun or anti-gun violence people are maybe making that distinction between the gun and the violence that the gun does it seems but uh yeah because the song well they've got those lines in it though about you know it ain't good for nothing but you know put, put a man it feels to me like it goes beyond just talking about the violence and it it, it is kind of saying there's a problem with this kind of gun that's just made for killing. You know? Right. And yeah. that feels like a very gun control yes, kind of argument. Yeah, it does. That you don't expect <laughs> to have coming from the uh, <laughs> band that did Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. So here's our throwback song. Uh, well, it, it, Leonard Skinner is a complicated band. Well, that's true. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it is, it's very hard. You know, they're a, a Southern rock band for, that was loved Muscle Shoals and... Uh, there's this great scene in, uh, um, is it uh, Six Feet from Stardom, where the the uh, the two uh, black women who are were called in to do the background vocals and are like, right. "What are we singing? <laughs> what are right. we... <laughs> Sweet Home Alabama? What? <laughs> Some cognitive dissonance for the background singer. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um. So, uh, yeah, and interesting band. Uh, and yet they can groove and get funky, which is, uh, but again, they were big fans of Muscle Shoals. So here's uh, Leonard Skinner with Saturday, I think it's Mr. Saturday Night Special. I think it's just called Saturday Night uh, Special. Saturday Night Special. Yeah. One, two, one, two, 
Lavin with Don't Take Anyone With You When You Go. And right before that was our throwback song with Leonard Skinner, a Saturday night special. I bet that's one of the first times that a show has gone from Leonard Skinner to Christine Lavin. I don't know. <laughs> I, well, we're, we're all about first here at yeah. Music for the New Revolution. Uh, by the way, please uh, like our Facebook page and uh, our website is coming soon. In fact, if you are listening to this on our website, then uh, sign up uh, on our uh, sign up page, and also get our uh, uh, subscribe on iTunes to Music for the New Revolution. So uh, yeah, I think uh, listening to the lyrics that time, I, you are correct that Leonard Skinner song is definitely anti-gun. Throw them all in the, the sea. sea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yes, definitely, and yeah, uh, pretty cool. And it's interesting. I, I'm so. Christine Lavin, I'm so used to her doing comedy songs. She does a lot of funny songs, but when she gets serious, she gets pretty serious. Yes. I, I, that song, I think, is really interesting because it actually, you know, sometimes you hear a song that sort of expresses something that you've thought yourself, and that's one of those things where, you know, I've, I've often found myself thinking, you know, when you have these people who, like, go on this killing rampage and shoot a whole bunch of people and then they kill themselves yeah it's like if they only would have reversed the order <laughs> yeah. <you know>? yes. <laughs> that's what i think i mean it sounds awful to say that but uh, like you know if they're going to kill themselves them. anyway yeah. why didn't they do that first and uh -huh. save all these other people yeah. all this pain and suffering you know mm -hmm. um and her song is a lot more sensitive way of saying it than <laughs> yeah. the way i was saying it but, but still the basic idea is sort of like you know uh you know i'm very sad that you feel like you have to commit suicide but please just make it that be the only thing that's the sad part and not destroying all these other people's lives it, it yeah it's a really interesting take on you know someone who is uh does the commits a, a mass shooting and, and and again if she's out there and listening to the show would love to interview her because i've seen her a couple mm -hmm. times well, and we, we did interview her for a different song right for that turned that's the right boat around yeah, so we could around. uh yeah. maybe we'll talk to her again because uh, it is interesting to see someone who does such humorous funny songs Right. To, to then all of a sudden do something that seems sort of out of character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think that, you know, there's also that, that uh, somebody could be known for one right. side of what they do, like she is, I think. But, but she actually does have quite a few sensitive and serious songs. And from the very beginning, I remember. But, yeah, it is interesting. I mean, Roy Zimmerman, for instance, mm -hmm. who we played earlier, yeah. he's known for satire. And most of the songs he does, <laughs> I mean, I've got a number of his albums, and I would say that, the vast majority of his songs are along those lines. But every once in a while, he'll do something that is a different sort of song, too. Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah, people what, don't like being pigeonholed, I guess. The, and it's also what moves you. I mean, that mm-hmm. is what, one of the nice things about uh, the time we live in now where it's it's much easier to be an independent artist in some ways. I mean, other things are harder, but it's much easier to be independent. And with that independence comes the ability to not be so locked into uh, one thing or one style or one way of uh, being creative, which, you know, back when there were gatekeepers... And record right. companies, you weren't allowed to uh, to uh, go off on tangents unless you were Lou Reed or you know, Brian Eno or s- someone who's known for going off on right. interesting and queer. And queer who gender. maybe doesn't always care whether they have <laughs> right. a hit. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. The most interesting one, speaking of someone who writes political songs, although we're not going to be playing something from him, but uh, that, that whole period with uh, for Neil Young between... Uh, what was it? Uh, the, the, there was the Rockabilly record, the Electronic record, and then that amazing singer-songwriter record, sort of right in a row. That was, was the Trans was the Electronic. That was the Electronical one, yeah. <laughs> and what was the Rockabilly one? I don't Something know. like Everybody's Rockin'. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah he, every album he made for a while was like uh, just a totally different thing from uh, the other ones. And not all of them are my favorite albums. Yeah, no, but, but, but some of them are, are, yeah. are really interesting and good, yeah. And speaking of someone who is independent and takes chances and sticks it to the record company whenever she gets a chance. Our next song is uh, To the Teeth from Andy DeFranco. Uh, do you want to say anything about that, David? Yeah, so uh, Andy DeFranco, yeah. Well, I think actually she kind of pioneered the independent <laughs> yeah. movement because when, just as she was starting to get known, she was started her own label, yeah. which was at that time pretty mm-hmm. revolutionary. Yes. And I think it did have a lot to do with the fact that she really wanted to have control over what she did because she was has always been a fairly iconoclastic uh, figure and, and done things that were risky and edgy and pushed the limits. And, yeah. you know, so it was, I think it was very wise of her to, mm-hmm. to do that. And uh, so it's pretty cool. This is another song, actually, I wasn't familiar with this. I know a bunch of Ani DeFranco stuff, but I didn't know this particular song, but it was another one that was suggested mm-hmm. when I put the call oh, out cool. for songs related to this issue. So it's called To the Teeth, and obviously the armed to the teeth phrase kind of plays into that. So let's hear it. available 
mama told me, son, always be a good boy, don't ever play with guns. Happiness is warm, yes it is. Well, that's our show, our second installment of The Gun Show. <laughs> <laughs> this is music for the new revolution, and I'm your co-host, Rodney Wittenberg. I'm David Heitler-Clevens. Music for the new revolution is recorded at Melody Vision Studios and produced by uh, David Heitler-Clevens and Rodney Wittenberg. And our engineer is Chris. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and also uh, fill out our form on our webpage and like us on Facebook. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Music for the New Revolution. Music for the New Revolution is recorded at Melody Vision Studios in Plymouth Meeting, Pennsylvania. It's hosted and produced by David Heitler-Clevens and Rodney Wittenberg. Our editor and engineer is Samuel Alexander. You can find out more information about Music for the New Revolution at musicforthenewrevolution.com or check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. My name's Rodney Wittenberg. I'm David Heitler-Clevens. And this is Music for, for the, the New, New Revolution. Revolution will be no rerun, brothers. The revolution will be live.